0: Thanks for joining us. I'm Jen Winkleman. This next pocket of time is going to be dedicated to the healing art of storytelling. I've been working in the mental health field for the better part of the last two decades, and in that time, because of my work, I've had the great privilege of hearing countless stories. I hear stories that leave me at the end of the day filled with awe about the resilience of the human spirit. And I get to hear stories about those surprising moments when love steps in to save the day, the very last moment. And I hear stories about the true grit it sometimes takes to survive the human experience. I learned something about life and humanity from all of these stories, and I want to be able to share what I've learned. But because of the part that I play in my community, I'm meant to be a keeper of those narratives it's important that i maintain privacy and confidentiality for the families that i serve and so those stories have to stay inside the four walls of my counseling office and are held by those sacred moments where one person tells their truth and another person bears witness to it and in this there's some sort of magic that we co-create that leads to healing but this has me thinking that the reach for healing could be bigger So I decided that outside the counseling office and on a larger scale, we needed a forum for storytelling. We need to get back to the root of taking the time to listen to each other's experiences and to begin to draw from them. So today, our guest and I will have an unscripted conversation, apart from the questions that we routinely ask to get into it. And then you and I will have the opportunity to learn a bit from his or her experience. In every case, there is value and something that we can borrow for our own lives. Because behind every face, there is a story. And in every story, there are life lessons begging to be learned. So as we listen along today, it's up to us to find the lesson in the story. And then if you and I so choose, we can catch that truth like a firefly in a jar and use it as light on our own paths. Thanks again for being with us. This is All I Know. Welcome to the third and final piece for this series we've been doing with Alba. If you have not listened to her episodes one and two, please go back and give those a listen before you um, take on today's piece of the puzzle. Uh, There's a lot of um, heartfelt information that Alba had to share with us in the first two uh, portions of our conversation, and you really will be shortchanging yourself. If you don't listen to those first two sections before jumping into the third, where we left off with Alba last time we were together, uh, she was home. after a very traumatic illness and hospitalization and reestablishing her family and getting back to physical health and uh, had had some interaction with her birth mother and uh, her cliffhanger for us last time was this is where things get really crazy. So we will pick up there and uh, finish the conversation with Alba.
1: And um, and this is when the other piece of the spaghetti is my birth mom living with me now for six months at a time. So after I've been so ill and I was so ill, she uh, she was talking to me. she's like, you know, I would like to you know make do something for you if you want me to come and help you with a baby, I' I'll, I'll come and help you with a baby. you know mm. And I said, sure. Because I decided that if I survive this disease and everything, I wanted to become a nurse. That was my calling for so long. And it was so clear to me at that point, especially being two months in the hospital and you realize the good nurses from the bad nurses and the horrible Mm -hmm. nightmares that you go through. it, It was so clear what kind of nurse I wanted to be. And so I said to her, sure, how about, can you help me if I go to school? Can you care for him? Because I needed somebody to still give him therapy, to still help me with him in those uh, things. And I didn't, I couldn't think of anybody else that could be there 100% for me to help him out and help me out. So, um, I started going back to school and she started living with me. <coughs> Forgive me. Um, and uh, it, it It was so hard, it has been very hard, but the first year was the hardest. All those terrors and emotions and all those feelings, just, oh my gosh, they came back and I thought I have dealt with it and have made peace with myself and maybe some peace with her, and I was so totally wrong. I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh gosh. I, oh my gosh. What have Back I done to the surface? I know everything was so tender. And then she came in and she was trying to be this savior and I'm like, "No, you're not my savior." No, how dare you to even think that you're going to be at this level with me and and I hated the fact that leaving my child with her to a certain degree because I don't trust her all the way. And it's hard to leave your child with somebody that you're supposed to trust, but yet you don't trust all the way. Um, and I mean, and physically, would she take care of him? Yes. I When I say I don't trust her all the way, it's emotionally. Yeah, you're worried about the emotional gap. Exactly. And uh, the emotional piece is the hardest for me because I don't think she is very emotionally aware of her, uh, of her decisions, her words, and how she reacts to things, and uh, she doesn't but, know her impact. Yeah, exactly. Um, at that moment, then I, um, it was good for me to go back to school. Um, but it was, like I said, it was very hard for me to leave him with him. But I decided that. It has been a battle with her because she shows my son the love that she never showed me. Mm. And she will act with my son so differently that I I wish she would do it with me or when I was little or or even now. And she just, yeah, it was such a heartbreaking thing to watch because I was desiring everything. I was happy that my son was getting some of these things. But I was very heartbreaking for me experiencing how horrible this made me feel.
0: Well, and confusing too, because if you can do it in this relationship, and if you did it with my sister, why didn't you ever do it with me? Just exactly. that, it's that ma- bad math again where you can't make it add up.
1: Exactly, and I and I have asked her several times, why did you leave me, why did you? And it's just, I, I think that my question will never be truly answered I'm trying to make peace that she would never be able to answer me and I'm trying to make peace that she's so messed up that I feel sorry for her because she didn't get to enjoy this daughter, this daughter that could have loved her immensely. Yeah, the expression of that could have been so different. Yes. But see I gotta admit though, it, things happen for reasons and I believe that so strongly. If she would have loved me and she would have kept me, guess what would have happened? A I would have stayed in my country. B maybe I would have gotten pregnant there. Mm. And who knows, because I got so sick in my pregnancy, maybe I could have died in there. Cause, you know, the resources Medicine are is different. Yeah. The resources are bad I would have been a very unhappy lady because I would have never been able to work on all my issues and trying to find you know the better me the better version of me and work on that I would have not been able to do that a because of lack of resources B of lack of emotional awareness a safe space to do it is exactly a safe space to do it a rock to actually do it with i mean to you know experience the growth and all of this process yeah so this may sound weird but i'm happy that she didn't love me i am because the bigger picture I did end up having the love of a mother, and that's my adopted mom. She showed me how to love. She showed me how to be a rock. She showed me how to be stubborn, how to just, uh, like I was, <laughs> I was saying earlier, I'm, I think I'm a lioness, a rebel and crazy, And but yeah, she shows me how to have a voice and have that empowerment to do so. And, so All of this would have not happened if my birth mom would have loved me and kept me with her. Maybe I would not be here. And I am here. I am living. I had a second chance in life. I mean, that was so scary being on the threat of death Hmm. and not knowing if I was going to survive. Yeah. But yet I am here and I'm seeing my son and I can be a warrior for my son and showing him all these things. And so it was not the whole old book of Alba anymore. It was the new chapter, a new brand new book of Alba that I was writing on my own and just either dodging the curveballs or accepting them or you know, getting hit by them. But but the beautiful thing is that all of my childhood and all of this had to have happened to me. It has taught me also to pick myself up over and over and over and over and over again and that I am worthy. That it's okay to have a voice and I should always use it. It's okay to be different and just not live by what society standards and just live by my own standards because I'm happier when I live by my own standards know what society wants me to be I still struggle a lot don't get me wrong I still struggle with relationships but I'm getting better at it um I mean so far I've been with B for 10 years and that says a lot for me Mm. being with somebody for 10 years and just dating him because I told myself marriage is not for me I want I want a commitment that is true and honest and not paper related I want a commitment that is pure, and and that's what I want to experience, and that's what I am experiencing. And uh, and I, I mean, poor guy though. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is the second or third time you've said. Well, it's because it's that. <laughs> because this is my deal. I mean. Uh, uh, the reason I said poor guys because I know how fiery I am. I'm a handful. I'm not easy to live with. I'm very diva-like, and but in good, you know, in, in good ways, you know? And <laughs> only the best kind of diva. Uh, the, yes, the best kind of diva. But I have a big heart, but I have a big mouth too. So and he's so the opposite of me, which that's why I think it attracted me so much, because he's. So the opposite he 's calmer he 's quieter he 's you know he can be funny and a very different type of funny, and so he brings the positive out of me because that 's another thing I struggle is being um, sometimes I go to the negative voice and I hear the negative voice instead of the positive voice and uh, and i 'm trying to regroup and grow try to have some growth in that that I need to listen to more of the positive and that's where he comes in that he brings that out of me okay what's the positive out of this we're okay we're good okay let's move on and I'm like oh okay I just got checked thank you thank you <laughs> you know and so that's huge and I can tell you now um can I say he's hundred percent my rock no that would be a lie and he knows that but can I say that he is definitely a rock in making? Sure, that is definitely a fact, and uh, and I promise him that I will always be honest with him in that and. And he even says, Man, even 10 years is not doing it. Did it with your parents. Why not with me? <laughs> and I'm like, Well, we still have issues to work on. <laughs> we're, <laughs> still, grow, we're still growing. We're still growing together, you know? And, and that's okay. I just decided that it's okay. It's just okay. As long as I'm making steps and moving forward and not regressing, I'm succeeding. I'm, I'm succeeding. I'm growing. I'm making a difference and so yeah but but I give him kudos I mean he has endured a lot with me but it has been beautiful to watch him too be a partner to me and be there for me you know and something I haven't experienced like that and it has been a gift and once again I could have not have him or my son if my mom didn't you know Abandon me. So I'm a big believer that things happen for reasons. And, and like I said before, in a weird way, I'm glad she didn't. Because I'm actually learning now what a healthy love is, what a relationship in a healthier way is supposed to look like, and experience that, you know, with the ups and downs, but keep on working on it. And uh, and still being a mom and a student and trying to define that fiery person that I am, just me being as a person myself, is has been a huge challenge. But yet I've I have loved to see what I have done. Maybe not loved being in that moment because it has been hard,
0: painful.
1: Yeah. Um. Because, I mean, yes, but the results are the most beautiful ones. When you see back, you're like, oh, man, I just went through that. Wow, I did pretty good. You know, yeah, I, I did very happened.
0: well, actually, you know. So when you take, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about these um, themes or seasons in your life that we've talked about, and it's, to me, they feel from our conversation more like um, we've braided them together rather than, a plate of spaghetti you know we have this strand that is your childhood and a lot of hardship experienced during that time and it's woven together with coming to the states um, as an exchange student that evolved into an adoption and the difficulty of living with that family and letting yourself become a part of that family and feeling love maybe for the first time you know in in your life and the relationship that you lost the partner that you lost to cancer and this new relationship where a child's been born of that union and his needs and your near death experience uh, associated with your birth of him and fighting your way back and becoming the lioness and his advocate i mean To me, it doesn't feel like a plate of spaghetti anymore. To me, it looks like this lovely, obviously heavily pain-laced braid. And I wonder, when you look at that, if you—and you kind of already started to do this naturally as the conversation's been coming to a close— but. Like I wonder for our listeners if you you know bring it back to what this podcast is about, that idea. Like all I know is when you when you look at what you wove together tonight, what do you say to our listeners?
1: All I know is life is too damn freaking short. You gotta make the best out of it and turn the painful things into good things. And look up more of the positive and keep on growing every day. Keep on growing every day. Picking yourself up over and over and over again and keep on fighting every day to get a better version of you. That's all I know. <laughs> Beautifully said. But it's, it is the truth. And I hope if I can reach anybody that have gone through anything like my life or even pieces of it, that I hope that they know that they can turn their life around. They can make it more beautiful, even though it's difficult. And life is difficult, it has different challenges, and we we never feel all the time in the highs. It's always a change, it's always different seasons like you were saying, and different things that happened. But it's about how do we react to it? that makes the difference too. Gosh, and, and
0: we've heard know. that so many times, right? Like, that it's about your reaction to but things. But it is a truth. But it's true. But
1: it's a truth. Yeah. And that's the challenge itself too. Because we, I mean, especially me, I'm a very dramatic person, and ah! mm-hmm. So I have to like, no, get the get this part of my parents that are Swedish in the region of them into me and just think, Okay, think with your head, not with your heart, and or maybe a little bit with your heart, not so much, and Mm -hmm. but that little piece is always a struggle that makes the life interesting, though, right? I mean, are we growing? Are we not growing?
0: Right. We're successful if we're in pain. Exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, everybody. A different perspective about life. You know, yeah. I just this is my perspective about you know how I see life and yeah you know the things that I've been through and yes I believe you learn from everything and you gotta keep growing and I hope by the time if I can reach 80 I'll be this sassy 80 year old and say you know what I conquered my fears I kept on growing I did the best that I could with the tools that I had and yeah, here I am, kicking it, dancing it. I'm just trying to enjoy life. Yeah, I hope I can make it. I'm sorry, Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing with
0: us. Thank you for inviting me. So we're going to wrap up today, which is something that James Lipton used at the end of every Inside the Actor's Studio, which is my favorite interview show of all time. Oh, boy. (laughs) So we're going to transition to that. So, Alba, what's your favorite word? Sassy. (laughs) I believe it. What's your least favorite word? Ruin. Hmm. What turns you on, creatively, spiritually, emotionally? Um, It depends on the mood. Sometimes just
1: um, being alone and trying to find my center, trying to center myself turns me on into all these many things. Sometimes it's just dancing, just feeling the rhythm, just let loose. You know, be happy in the moment. It's your Latina blood. It's my Latino blood. I can't help it. <laughs> Sometimes it's just experiencing the miracle side of just just being with my family in this calm, beautiful state. And it's just I can just like time just stops and I can just see it clearly. Things just stop and it's just beautiful to watch them being with me and experience something together. That turns me on and makes me very creative and sometimes I pull. Yes, those, those three things are, I think, yes, the three major things that I can totally see turns me on in that apartment. What turns you off? Oh gosh, oh gosh, oh. oh. <laughs> How much time do we have? Um, <laughs> it turns me off seeing um, mothers that are not, there are not mothers. <laughs> they are just incubators to procreate, but they're not really mothers. It makes me very sad seeing those type of mothers parenting. It's very painful. It turns me off um, hearing stories about sexual abuse and children not getting uh, protected. Hmm. It turns me off how rude can people be and uh, in the adoption community, and just say things in front of kids and family that are so inappropriate and hurtful for the family instead of empowering the family. Um, it turns me off when uh, people are not given voice um, to speak, to have the rights met. It turns me off the fact that there's a lot of hate lately, unnecessary hate within different type of people and it's very sad uh, to see the hate and experience it and it just turns me off also. um, People that don't do anything about it, especially women, like I said I'm a little bit of a feminist, Um, I I expect of other women to pull strong and be strong and stick up for other women and for their rights and it totally... Crawls under my skin, seeing that women just some women don't care Mm. and they just roll with it. And it turns me off when men are feel like they're in power and they can just do whatever they want to women. And uh, well, the list can go on and on, but I think it's all related to my past, also, and to what I have experienced, and to what I am for. So, but I will leave it at that for right now. I don't wanna <laughs> stress anybody out more. <laughs> well, what's your
0: favorite curse word? Shit and <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love?
1: Drums, African drums, and the ocean, of course. Those two things. What sound or noise do you hate? Oh gosh, this. When you go to the dentist and they're drilling your oh, teeth. Oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, that's terrible. That I totally hate. I kind of hate that you brought it up. Well, I. I have that like weird tweaking in my well, skin no, right now. You I can't, I You Wait a minute. You brought know, it up. I, I know. <laughs> I know.
1: So, yeah, that, I think that's the worst for me.
0: What profession other than your own would you really like to attempt?
1: You know, I would love to if I if I didn't become a nurse, but or if I could do everything also, or a nurse. I would love to also um, be a social worker, and be more in contact with the kids. Work with kids more, and they are stressed and dealing with so much, and maybe. Maybe not being able to fix their issue, but maybe given something that I would have loved to have had in the past for me, and that would have been having them have a voice. Me understanding, me listening, and just being there. You know? Um, I w- I w- yeah, I would totally see myself doing something like that. Trying to help them out in the best that
0: I can. What profession would you definitely not like to attempt?
1: Oh, I would definitely never work in a correctional facility with um, murderers or rapists or any of that. I don't think my psyche could handle that. I think it will totally will poison me uh, big time. So I'm staying away from that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? About
1: time, woman! I was waiting for you, but I wanted to give you a long life so you can learn all the stuff that I was trying to you know teach you. I think that's what he would say to me, but I'm happy to see you home. You're home now? Yeah, I can picture that and not easy and I don't picture him like with like everybody else does, like white and with white hair and all of that. I actually picture him in a suit and he's brown and well groomed. He's just slick looking for me.
0: Maybe you know? I should
1: start asking people that. <laughs> How you visualize God? I think you should, because I think everybody has different. At least I see him different. I don't see him like the public does and the paintings and all of that. I see him very slick, very good looking, very
0: tan. And yeah, <laughs> of course, very tan. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, thank you, Alba. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for everything.
0: So we really appreciate you joining us today, and I hope that you found the conversation with Alba useful and that it's going to inspire you to apply some of those principles around finding meaning in everything and knowing that everything happens for a reason and that being engaged in the process of growth is part of what helps you feel alive. So we hope that you'll be able to take some of that for your own As always, we thank you so much for listening in. One of the most important things for our speakers and guests when they agree to be vulnerable with us about their life experience is to know that what they have to say is going to fall on ready ears, and we couldn't do that without you. Please remember that all of the opinions, ideas, information, and views shared as part of today's conversation belong solely to each speaker. And while we hope our listeners find each episode helpful and interesting, please note that this podcast doesn't serve as therapeutic intervention, nor should it substitute as advice or direction from a mental health professional. All I Know is a production of Inward Bound, a private psychotherapy practice based in Denver, Colorado. We specialize in working with adoptive families and provide support and training associated with attachment and the impact of early trauma on childhood development. If you or someone you love is struggling with adoption related, or relational challenges, find us on the World Wide Web. This podcast is produced by Jessica Barry Edelstein and me, with audio engineering by Craig Knapp. If you'd like to be a guest on All I Know, please reach out to Jess. You can contact her at know at inwardboundco.com. One more time, it's Jess, J-E-S-S, know at inwardboundco.com. We hope you'll join us for the next installment of All I Know. We release a new episode every week. And in the meantime, this is Jen, for all of us here at the show, reminding you, catch all the light you can.